What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. What a wonderful time of year. Welcome, everybody, to Fantasy Football today. It is Christmas Eve. What's going on? Oh, man, I'm so cheery today, guys. Are you feeling it? You're in the holiday spirit? I'm in the A.J. Brown spirit. Let's go. Let's go. He's the best kind of Santa Claus. That was outstanding. A.J. Brown coming through with a huge game. Let's see the final line here. 11 catches, 145 yards, and a touchdown. Today on the show, we'll talk about that game. That's we'll not the you... best part. What's the best part? The targets are the best part. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm good with the catches and yards and touchdown. Just saying. <laughs> he had over 50% of the targets in this game. That's right. quite a share. <laughs> uh, today we got Indianapolis at Arizona, Cleveland at Green Bay, Chicago at Seattle, the Rams in Minnesota with Alexander Madison in the spotlight. Oh, here. I'm sorry. What happened? What I said yesterday. I don't remember what you said. I said about dropping Alexander Madison because what happens oh. if Dalvin Cook gets COVID? I said that on the air. Yeah, and then yeah. it happened. Literally I'm happened. So sorry. I spoke it into existence. I apologize. Uh, Washington, Dallas, Detroit, Atlanta, the Giants, Eagles, and the Bucks and Panthers. We'll talk about are we good with Tom Brady, Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders. We really probably might be, uh, really probably might be. That's good stuff. Might be sleeping on the Eagles backfield, guys. Uh, just, you know, to keep an eye on it because Boston Scott, Jordan Howard are widely available and Miles Sanders has been missing practice. But all of the news and notes that you need. But we'll start with Tennessee 20 and San Francisco 17. After you tell me this, if you could just watch one Christmas movie, just one, what's it going to be? I mean, you know what we're going to say. <laughs> exactly what we're going to say. <laughs> I have a different answer. I think I've seen it too many times. Is seen what too many times? Christmas Vacation. That's that, not the answer. No. Oh, you're, no, don't say Die Hard. Come on. <laughs> that's so lame. I was going to say Die Hard 2. Oh, that's even lamer. <laughs> um, which Christmas movie would I watch multiple times? Rocky Four. Stop. Get a real one. I mean, the fight is on Christmas. I think... Since you're not, since you guys aren't giving real answers, I think I'm gonna go with just friends. I think right now it's not my favorite, but it's the I haven't seen it a million times like all the others. So I think I'm gonna see say oh just friends. It's a very good movie. All the Christmas movies. That's the one. Have you seen it, Dave? No. Oh, it's really I, good. It's, oh, it's not very fun. one of the classics. 
it, it actually has become a modern classic. It's really, really funny. You should watch it. All right, maybe I'll check it out. Yeah. All right, you guys can think about your answer. Well, I, it's easy. No, I, I would say, what'd you say, James? Home Alone. Home, Home Alone's on. a great one. I like Christmas Vacation. Yeah, it, it's it's hard to beat. But Die Hard's easily number one. Sure. Uh, eye roll. All right, Tennessee 20. We're going to do top five list on the show today uh, on the mailbag show. I told Schneier top five Christmas movies, but he does. That's just not his thing. So it's something else. Uh, I can't remember, but we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk Christmas on the Great mailbag show. show. All right, Tennessee 20 and San Francisco 17. So, you know, it was an interesting game in the sense that everyone but Kittle at least Got you something, right? I mean, Foreman saved his bacon with the touchdown, and Wilson had the touchdown, but Dave Kittle, <laughs> uh, yeah, bad game for him. I don't know if there's much else to say. It happens sometimes. He had three targets on the first two drives of the game. It looked like he was going to be just as involved and just as much of that huggy bear for Jimmy Garoppolo as he had been the past three weeks. And then after the interception in the end zone, it, he was done. There, were, there was literally no targets for George Kittle the rest of the game. And he was double-covered a lot. The broadcast showed it. And so it, it turned into a Debo night because of it, but just absolutely crazy that they weren't scheming stuff up for Kittle, that they weren't using him. They didn't try again in the red zone to Kittle. It was it was very frustrating. The, uh, the Kittle play in the end zone changed the game. Yes. Because if I they think- score a touchdown on that drive, the game's probably over, the way that Tennessee looked in the first half. I think it was the second Garoppolo interception that changed the game. Now they that get points on that. Big. They get points on that on that drive. It's a totally different ballgame. How about the use check play? I, I this was a oh, horrible sure, yeah. game huge too. for Garoppolo. Just yeah, but the, I mean that, that goes both ways. The Titans should have got a pass interference call on the first downfield throw to AJ Brown. So do we have any major takeaways from this game? Anything to look at going forward? AJ Brown's back. That's a great <laughs> takeaway. Could be someone who helps you crush it in the next two weeks. Obviously, this last week he did. I I I think I would be running the other direction of Jeff Wilson if he wasn't playing Houston next week. If he's a he, guy, because they, they think Elijah Mitchell's going to be back. That's the other thing. Like if Elijah Mitchell's back, then no question Elijah Mitchell's going to be the guy. But if Mitchell is out next week, then I think Wilson goes. I, I think he'll be even higher in our rankings against Houston. Might be a top fifteen running back because that defense is so bad. But he didn't look great. Foreman didn't have it going on. He had one long run that was called back by a penalty. And I, I think the Titans knew it, and they weren't using him much in the fourth quarter. It was a lot of Jeremy McNichols and not as much of Foreman and even less of Dontrell Hilliard. But it was an ugly three-way split where they were playing the hot hand, and they weren't trying to force it with Foreman. The fact that Foreman scored is like by the grace of God that he got the opportunity to even get in there because the play before he was not on the field for a short yardage play. So neither running back in this game was particularly good. And the only reason why we'd start one of them moving forward is because of the matchup. And these are, I think now we can say, these are two great run defenses. And Zach Cunningham, IDP, by the way, uh, Zach Cunningham added to the Titans only helps. I think last thing here is is Ayuk. Jamie, I felt like he got a little lucky. I think Debo was, was off the Very. field when he caught his touchdown, right? I mean, Debo was a little shaken he up. He was, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that's part of why he was open, too, is that, you know, I think the Titans were kind of in a little bit of a scramble defense at that point. Um, mm-hmm. It was, uh, yeah, he, you know, first off, he, he got off to a good start on the first drive. Um, another big play in the game was the fourth and sixth call that uh, Garoppolo missed Ayuk. And if you want to go back and watch um, – 
in the background of the play, Kyle Shanahan's reaction um, when they missed it. And the broadcast <laughs> brought up um, that Ayuk might have cut off his route a little too short, which is where Garoppolo thought he was throwing. Uh, the other part of it, obviously, is that Garoppolo missed him wide open, and so this is why they drafted Trey Lance. Uh, but in any event, bad play and uh, cost Ayuk a few yards. Yeah, and I just think that you have to look at game scripts with Ayuk. He just doesn't get a lot of targets unless they're losing and throwing a lot and giving up points. And um, is that going to be the case next week against Houston? Probably not. So He had half of his targets and catches on the first two drives of the game, too. I, I thought he was setting up to have a huge game. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. So this is, yeah, I'm always thinking about what am I going to bring up on the show? And I'll just say that I, at, at one point in the first quarter, I, I was going to bring up, man, what are Trey Lance dynasty managers thinking right now? Cause Garoppolo is, is really yeah. grooving. And then I think, you know, you see it, it's the ups <laughs> and downs. Let's not take away what he's been the last eight games or so. He's been terrific, but he, he can struggle sometimes. It's a good defense. It's a short week on the road. I mean, you know, next week he'll come out and light up the Texans if they allow him to. Okay, we got uh, some things to promote. We've got a mailbag coming up. Um, you can see that Friday afternoon. If you're not around on Christmas, you can see that Friday afternoon on YouTube.com slash Fantasy Football Today. We also have CBS Sports HQ on Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern. Make sure you check it out, CBS Sports HQ, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on Sunday to help you set your lineup. Now, guys, I was wondering if you would indulge me. I wrote a little Christmas poem for our fantasy football managers. And I'm feeling feeling very vulnerable. So even if you don't like it, just pretend. Okay? I was about to walk out of the room. It's a new concept. It's called Twas the Day Before Christmas. Totally different than the other thing you know about. I'm glad that the first two-thirds of the start of this podcast is all about Christmas and one third was about football. Thank you for setting thank you for setting this up in a good way, Dave. Okay, here we go. This is actually about football. Oh, good. Twas the day before Christmas and all through my league, fantasy managers wrestled with waiver wire fatigue. I need a tight end, and RB2 would be great, but all that I see are Burkhead and Brait. I'm setting my lineups and sitting Mahomes while adding Gabe Davis and writing these poems. I can't trust Tom Brady after last week's showing. My starters are shrinking, my IR is growing. I've got Chubb and Kamara. My team's trending up, but my opponent has Adams and Taylor and Cup. I'm facing Herbert, the secondary slayer. Let's see if I can find some better players. I'll scour the wire for free agents to add and finally set a lineup that isn't half bad. When what to my wondering eyes should appear? DJ Moore, a game-time decision. Oh, dear. Hey, Austin Eckler, are you in? Are you out? I need you on Sunday for my semifinal bout. My lineup with you and it would make my opponent quite jelly, but without you, it looked like it's Joshua Kelly. So tomorrow we'll rush to the tree for our gifts and watch some TV as Baker Mayfield throws picks. The Browns and the Packers, the Colts and the Cards. Am I really starting Alan Lazard? A week 16 win would be the best gift of all. On to the finals of fantasy football. I hope you're victorious. I hope your team doesn't suck. Merry Christmas to all and to all. Good luck. Thank you. All right. Now, can you? Can you uh, that was great. Thank can you me. write Dave a poem for the next Miller Lite commercial too? <laughs> I can try. <laughs> I can try. All right. News and notes. laws came to town <laughs> and all through the house. <laughs> Dalvin Cook is out. So you know, one of our emailers brought up a good point that sometimes I wish I had a more complete list of this. Sometimes players coming off the COVID list really struggle. Uh, Rogers comes to mind big time. Beckham, I don't know if that was COVID-related or not, but you know he got three targets, I think. But Madison is, is coming off the COVID list, and he's Madison. also facing a great Rams run defense, something like three yards per carry in their last seven games. I don't remember the stat exactly to running backs. 
are we are we like as in on Madison as we would be ordinarily? I yep. think you have to be. Um, obviously, there's there's risk, like you said. There's a good defense, like you said. Um, I think you know you've been hearing just a lot of nice things about Noagnu and the things he's been doing uh, for their team. You know, clearly on special teams, but you know they're they're kind of excited, I think, to see what he has to offer. So there may be a little bit more of a split than we're used to seeing whenever uh, Cook is not there, but. I mean, I'll buy into the track record of what Alexander Madison has been and what they've done with him when there hasn't been Dalvin Cook there. So huge opportunity. Yeah, tough matchup, but um, I'm treating him the same way I've treated him whenever Cook hasn't been there, which is basically Dalvin Cook. So uh, must start running back. Okay. Amari Cooper wants more red zone targets. Time for the squeaky crickets. Yeah. Let's go, Amari Cooper. He, he scored he, uh, last time he faced He has them. a great track record against Washington, too. Uh, 13 or more PPR points in, in five straight games against them. So um, should have another big performance as well. And thanks to you a few weeks ago, Jamie, I know now how to look that up very easily. Yep. <laughs> the last five function on the player page. Uh, Lamar Jackson mispracticed, so right now we are not ranking him. Justin Fields mispracticed with an ankle injury. Uh, are, are you guys concerned that Justin Fields may not play? Yes. Yeah. Would that be good or bad for Darnell Mooney if it's Dalton? Uh, probably better from a target standpoint. I think the matchup's tough either way. The matchup's tough either way? Sir? Sure. Yeah, but I, I think it's a tough matchup either way. Yeah. Uh, Cam Akers was designated to return. Dave, what do we make of this? Should we pick up Cam Akers? I mean, we can probably stash him on IR, but do you think he makes a, a contribution? Exactly. If, if you have the IR spot and it won't hurt to pick up Acres, go ahead and do it. But I'd be surprised. Five months removed from uh, an Achilles surgery that he's going to be himself again, that he's going to have a real role again, I'd, it would just be a shock. I'm not expecting it. Yeah, this I think is more a playoff move for them. Yeah. Taysom Hill, Trevor Simeon. On the COVID list. Backup offensive tackle Jordan Mills is on the COVID list. He's been a starter lately because their two tackles have been out. And safety Malcolm Jenkins on the reserve COVID list. So it looks like Ian Book is going to start for the Saints. Are the Dolphins your number one DST this week? Yep. Uh, number two. Who's number one? Who's number one? Who's that? Philly? Eagles. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I did get an email this morning. Eagles or Dolphins DST? I said, that's probably the number one and two. So take your pick. Yep, uh, that's number one. Right. Hard to have a Dave. Your audio is cutting out a little bit. I don't know if there's anything we can do about that. Uh, I can see what I can do about it. All right, that's weird. DeAndre Swift was limited in practice. Uh, are you guys ranking DeAndre Swift yet? Yeah, he's a uh, he's a top twenty running back. I'm I'm a little concerned about what the split will be between him and Craig Reynolds and Jamal Williams, uh, but the matchup's great. So. As long as he's 100% healthy, I think he's he's clear, he's easily the best one. Um, it's just a matter of who you're comparing him to. And we will do that later. Adam Thielen was limited. And are you ranking Adam Thielen? Not yet. R- no. And you've got to be a little concerned about him coming back a little too soon from the high ankle sprain. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson mispracticed again with the illness. Damian Harris was limited. So let, if they both play, I, I think, you know, it's not super appealing. But, Dave, if Harris plays and Stevenson is out against the good run defense, I don't think Star Latulale has been practicing, though, uh, which is a big deal for the Bills. You know, where would you rank Damian Harris? Would you rank him ahead of, let's say, DeAndre Swift? Uh, Dave walked away, so I'll answer that one oh, for him. Right. Um, 
would I rank Damian Harris ahead of DeAndre Swift in non-PPR? Yes, in PPR, no. Half PPR. Damian Harris. All right, Tyler Lockett and Alex Collins are back. Cleveland center J.C. Treader's on the reserve COVID list. All right, James, I'm going to fly through it here. James Conner is confident he will play on Saturday. We'll go, give you the scenarios if he's in and he's out when we look at that game later. Miles Sanders, Jamie, he missed practice. So, yeah, how seriously should we be taking this here? What an opportunity that Howard and Scott and Scott scores every time he plays the Giants would have. Uh, it's a great call on Scott, yeah. Um, I think it's, uh, Sanders has to be out for Scott to be involved, but... Um, it's certainly something to keep on your on, on your radar going into the weekend. It's so tough to gauge because of the Tuesday game. You know, it, I, I would imagine that they're making sure he's 100% healthy and resting him because of that. But it could be that he's actually legitimately hurt because he didn't finish the game against, um, against Washington on Tuesday. So it's just something to keep in mind. Uh, but yeah, if Jordan Howard is available and you have an open roster spot, pick him up now. Okay, Dave, I'll throw it to you. You there? Okay. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes. So Jordan Howard, I just asked you... DeAndre, well, I asked Jamie. <laughs> Jamie answered as you had left. Uh, DeAndre Swift, if he plays versus uh, Damian Harris, if Stevenson were out. Now, how about Jordan Howard if Miles Sanders were out? How would he rank against those two players? I think he'd be behind them both. I like Swift. I love the matchup against Atlanta. That run defense has really started to take a nosedive. They've allowed 90 total yards to a running back in six of their last eight games. And I think Swift will be the main running back for Detroit. Uh, if there's news out there about him being limited, that would change things. But uh, Howard's going to split. And I, I know that he could be the primary back for Philadelphia, but that still might be 55% of the snaps. So I'd be more encouraged by Harris without Stevenson than I would be Howard without Sanders. And if Sanders were out, you guys would have Howard ahead of Boston Scott, or would you give that Giants bump to Boston Scott? That's <laughs> true. No, Howard ahead. Howard ahead. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. All right. Uh, let's see. We've got we've got David Johnson missing practice. Emmanuel Sanders practicing. We'll see if he's able to play. Uh, Baker Mayfield has not been cleared yet, so he's got one day now. He's playing tomorrow. Jarvis Landry and Jedrick Wills are expected to play this week. Jedrick Wills, their offensive tackle. Landry, of course, their wide receiver. Defensively, the Jets have five starters out uh, right now on the reserve COVID list. And the Ravens have nine defensive players, not all starters, but nine defensive players. Kansas City getting a little bit healthier, activating Chris Jones and cornerback Traverius Ward. Indianapolis center Ryan Kelly is out for personal reasons. He's a pro bowler. We still expect yeah. them to run the ball well. Did you, did you know Kirk Cousins was on the injury report for, injury report for the first time as a Viking? Wow, ribs. Yep. yep. He's off now, but that was the first time. Uh, Chicago, yeah, Chicago defensive tackle Akeem Hicks is on the reserve COVID list. Their best run stuffer, I would say, at Seattle. Washington linebacker Cole Holcomb on the COVID list. Green Bay activated their best uh, defensive lineman Kenny Clark. Levante David and Leonard Fournette are on IR in two games without Levante David. The Bucks really actually struggled against the run. It was the Eagles game. Not a lot of carries for Sanders, but very efficient. And then Khalil Herbert had 100 yards without Levante David. And this is also cool. If the Packers and Chiefs get the top seeds in their respective conferences, it will be the first time that two teams have repeated as conference champs since 1982 and 1983. It's been almost 40 years since we have seen wow. the same conference champs. And I just want to share one more thing on the holidays here. I didn't read this quote a couple of weeks ago, but I meant to. But Rashad Penny talked about his career 
a few weeks ago as he emerged after that Houston game. And what really got to him early in his career was negativity on social media. He was very interested. Um, He didn't block it out, and it really got to him. And he said, quote, at the end of the day, I'm still human, and everybody else who gets hurt and goes on social media and looks their name up and sees what people are saying about them, it can be the worst thing possible, and it can tear somebody down. That's what it did to me a few years ago, but now it's just like you're numb to it. And I would like to tell everybody out there to please not be mean to athletes on social media or at game or anyone. It's just not worth like, You feel good about yourself because you're venting and you hate it, Rashad Penny because he got hurt and all that. Like, come on. Let's grow up and be better. We don't need to do I got to tell you, I, I've had an interesting week on, on, on Twitter because I tweeted something about football and about fantasy um, in regards to when the Chiefs had both their players uh, put on the COVID list. And probably poor choice of... The, using the word we, uh, because I was thinking of our audience uh, mostly. Um, but I said that the NFL needs to move the Steelers Chiefs game. We need Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill for week 16. And it's oh, been a Steelers. wave of different fan bases. Um, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, just like, you know, saying I'm stupid and uh, that the NFL didn't do this for other teams. And, you know, so it was a Packers fan saying that this didn't happen when they played the, the Cardinals without Rodgers. Um, I think it was Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals without Rodgers. Or, this right? year? No, what was the game that oh, Chiefs. They played Chiefs without Chiefs, Rodgers? Chiefs, yeah. yeah. Played Chiefs without Rodgers. Uh, Steelers fans, obviously, because that's their, their opponent. Um, Patriots fans. Um, but it's been like a wave of different fan bases. So it's like must be making its way around to different places. <laughs> um, but it, it, And it's continuing. Like, it, it wasn't just one day. Like, I woke up this morning to about 50 Packers tweets um, in regards to that. It's, it's amazing just how people think, like, uh, you know, you say whatever you want to, um, and, and it's fine. You know, I'm, I, I'm used to it, you know, doing this for, you know, over 15 years. Um, right. but it's, uh, it's just funny how, you know, things get taken out of context too. Like I'm not a Chiefs fan by any stretch. I was no. telling Heath, I was like, I was like, you, you wouldn't believe, you know, take, take, take two minutes and go down the rabbit hole of that tweet and just look what people have said. <laughs> yeah. We can be better. We can be better society. All right. Uh, my uh, yeah. Beat, beat the waiver wire. I, I didn't really go through this. I just looked at the, some of the players from the Tuesday show. I, this is really, we don't have to do it. You're going to be facing one other person. But uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, maybe if he gets back in the action and gets his up his snap count up and he's got the Eagles next week. Cole Komet against the Giants. If anybody dropped the Patriots facing the Bills this week and tough matchup last week, take a look at them. They have the Jaguars. Uh, maybe the Saints against Carolina. You just never know who's going to be healthy, who's going to be in. The Seahawks. Seahawks against Detroit next week. You could take a look at them for a little beat the waiver wire. And maybe, I don't know. Quarterback was tough. Justin Fields at the Giants was the only one I had. But I don't even know if that's such a great matchup. All right, guys. Let's get to one question for each game. Colton. Uh, Jared Patterson's another one, just in case Antonio Gibson's toe injury is a problem. Yeah, good call. He has turf toe. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, but I mean, is he going to play through or is he going to sit? Because if he sits this week, you want to have him now. All right, Indianapolis at Arizona. If James Conner plays, do you start a Cardinals running back against a very good run defense? Dave? I would be nervous to do so. Uh, It was a 50-50 split pretty much between the two of them last week. And I started the week liking James Conner and then the fact that he's missed more practice with this heel injury. Uh, easy to move him down outside of the top 24, along with Edmonds. They're back-to-back in my rankings as flex guys. Okay, Cleveland-Green Bay. Jamie, who is this? Well, you got the other side of it, though. What happens if Connor sits? Wow. Okay, go ahead. I mean, Edmonds has top 15 upside. Where would you rank him? Would you rank him in the top 15? 
around there. Yeah. I'd be lower, but I, I get it. I just, I do believe in this Colts run defense. I think they're very good. Yeah, I know. I agree. I, but I also believe in, you know, one guy on this backfield, I think is proven to be pretty special. Connor better than Edmonds in that role, but I think Edmonds going to have a big opportunity in front of him. Sure. And so many catches for the, yep. for whichever running back, if it were just one guy. Um, all right. So, well, that's our first game. So we'll get into that. Uh, Cleveland Green Bay. Jamie, who is the second best wide receiver in this game? Jarvis Landry. You know, the only thing I wonder about Landry is, you know, he doesn't really make a lot of big plays, and that's what the Packers have been giving up lately, a ton of them. Well, I don't know if he's going to be the best player receiver in this game because we still have the quarterback situation. So, you know, if, if it's Baker, then it's Landry. If it's not Baker, you can make a strong case for Lazard unless it's MVS. So there's just, you know, by the time we're, uh, by the time people are listening to this, it could be dramatically different yeah. for both these teams. So right now I would still take Landry. If I had to start somebody from this game, I would start Landry. Second. Jair Alexander, would... not expected to play. Go ahead, Dave. No, I would say that the second best receiver in this game is on the Packers. If it's, if MVS plays, then it's him. If he doesn't play, it's Lazard. Is that assuming Baker's out? Yeah, I don't care if Baker plays or not. Okay. I would still take Lazard over Jarvis Landry. Landry's the floor play. He's 10 or 11 PPR points. But I I think that this is a big, big game for the Packers overall. With the Browns playing on Tuesday and then on Saturday, they got squeezed. There are uh, two... Yeah. Monday, Monday to Saturday, sorry. Two deep sleepers, if you're looking at it, uh, how the Packers might replace MVS. Um, if they don't move Lazard back outside fully then I think Equinomius St. Brown's in play. He's coming back from being on the concussion protocol. Um, if they do move Lazard outside, then your boy becomes interesting, Adam. So for anybody playing DFS <laughs> in the showdown lineups, or you can play a two-game lineup, um, Amari Rogers is in play too. This is why I drafted him for week, for week 16. I stashed him the whole year. Chicago, Seattle. Who's a better flex, Dave Richard? Rashad Penny or DK Metcalf? Feel a little bit better about Penny than Metcalf because Lockett's back, Akeem Hicks is out. So the matchup gets better for Penny. I know he's still going to split with somebody else in that backfield, whether it's DJ Dallas or whoever. But Tyler Lockett being back just means that Russell Wilson has his number one receiver back. That's the receiver that he trusts the most, connects with the most on downfield throws. And I would say that DK Metcalf has devolved into a touchdown needy receiver who gets end zone opportunities and just doesn't come up with them, whether it's Russ's fault or his fault. Is his fault? His fault. Uh, I love Lockett this week coming back. Hopefully he's okay. And I think Penny probably is safer than Metcalf. I think DK Metcalf scores this week. I want to be so bold and say this, this, this is what game. happens. And this is why people get so mad at players um, in particular and probably why some people are mad at AJ Brown last night. Where was this during my regular season? You cost me the playoffs. I, I know. Now you to produce yeah, but where's this been for the last month? We yeah. could say this every week about DK. That's what I'm saying, though. You're gonna you're gonna get a lot of people like that because they're out of it or got you know eliminated sure. last week. Sure, but we 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 were gonna say that about DK no matter when he scored. If he had scored last week, sure. if he had scored when he had like three end zone targets two weeks ago, did, we would have said it. Then. Did either Penny or Metcalf crack your top twenty? Uh, Metcalf is still close, and Penny's uh, closer to twenty-four. I was I was concerned about Penny before the Hicks uh, absence. So with Hicks now there, Hicks now gone. Excuse me. Before before Hicks was absent, 
Um, with Hicks now gone, I think Penny's definitely a, a safer play. You might be surprised to know that even with Hicks in their lineup, the Bears were allowing, with in games just that he played, uh, and not including the game he played one snap, four and a half yards per carry to running backs. Uh, some very good performances, but also some pretty bad ones. And uh, so he's not he's unlikely to play anyway. But uh, what was the last thing I was going to say? Oh, the Bears secondary. It's still completely depleted yep. by COVID. So we'll see if those guys make it back. Uh, Rams-Vikings. Do Van Jefferson and Odell Beckham bounce back against the team that gives up the most fantasy points to wide receivers, Jamie? Yes. To what extent, I don't know, but they bounce back. One of them will certainly have a good game. DK Metcalf or Van Jefferson or Odell Beckham? Um, I have Metcalf ranked ahead of them, so. Dave? I don't. I've got Odell ahead. Okay. Uh, I believe I have Odell, Metcalf, Van, and it's really close between. No, I've got. I do have Metcalf ahead of Odell and then Van. Washington, Dallas. How much confidence do you have in the Dallas passing game? Dave, how much confidence do you have in the Cowboys passing game? It's waning because Dak hasn't played well, really. He, he's had a couple of good games since he got hurt, but the last couple of weeks, he's not taking chances downfield. He's off target on a bunch of throws. He's not throwing deep uh, nearly as much. It's the same thing as not taking chances downfield. <laughs> Um, Worth reiterating. I think, Cowboys, I think the Cowboys are running the ball a little bit better, and they're leaning on their defense a little bit more. Okay. I kind of love Dak this week. Boy, I think you've, you've got faith in Metcalf. you got faith in Dak. Yeah. Well, much more faith in Dak than Metcalf. Okay. Um, Dak, you know, I, I think we lose sight of the fact that the Cowboys just played three straight games on the road. Um, that's a very difficult stretch uh, for any team. Um, his track record at home is amazing. He's averaging 27.5 fantasy points at home this year. Uh, no game under 22 points. And you want to talk about a short week. You have Washington back-to-back road games after mm-hmm. playing on Tuesday. This is a tired group that's down Cole Holcomb, that's down other guys still on the defensive line. I think Dak's going to light them up. And let me just check on William Jackson. He... They are expected to get Kendall Fuller back, though. Okay. Well, they did lose yeah, William Jackson. Those guys are like legit difference makers. No, no. But I, I think, you, you know, for me, I'm looking at what Cooper does. In this matchup, I think C.D. Lamb's been a little unlucky. I think he's going to go off. Um, there's always the who's the third guy that's going to contribute, and I think it'll be one of Dalton Schultz or Michael Gallup. So I think Dak's going to have a big game. I think he's going to remind people who he is. Detroit at Atlanta. Can you trust any Lions if Jared Goff doesn't play, Dave? DeAndre Swift I would trust. I think I'd trust St. Brown to a degree, but he'd be more in the flex range even in PPR. I'm I'm legit worried about the passing offense with Tim Boyle under center. Oh, well, I hope it's David Blau so we can sing the Mr. Plow song. Giants, mm-hmm. Eagles, starter sit Saquon Barkley, Jamie. Uh, start with hesitation. Rashad Penny or Barkley? Still Barkley. Yep. But there was, uh, I think Zach Rosenblatt um, of NewJersey.com wrote a story about how Devontae Booker's look better and needs more opportunities. I mean, I agree with the first part of that, but no, he does not need more opportunities. They're, I'm serious. They're playing for nothing. What are you going to, you're going to learn about Devante Booker? No, you, you got to. Well, also, do you want to get Barkley injured? I mean, play, he's going to, he's getting opportunity. I mean, that's the thing. Like Barkley is not like Barkley's getting 20 carries, but um, this is such a bad matchup now. Uh, the Eagles, they uh, we will get into it a little bit later, but they dominate time of possession. It's 35 or more minutes in five of their last seven games, and their run defense has gotten great again. But they actually didn't do well in time of possession against the Giants. They actually lost to the Giants. So 
uh, a little revenge. And finally, Tampa Bay, Carolina. Dave, are we good with Tom Brady? I'm okay with Brady. I think he'll be fine if he's got Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski. You know, you think about what his upside is when he's got all of his receiving threats, even when he's got half of his receiving threats, it's still better than what a lot of other teams around the league have. There's just not as much upside. That's the problem. For Brady, you're right. But I still think he can get you 250 and two pretty easily. He probably could. Um, you know, like the only question I think people might have if you had to make this choice is I would start Huntley over Brady this week. I'm not there. I'll take Brady over Huntley. I think he's just a little safer. What, he's definitely safer. What encourages me, what encourages me more also about Brady, it's not just Brown being back and Gronk being there. And I think Gronk bounces back from a bad game last week. If Fournette were healthy, I'd be a little nervous about Tampa Bay just saying, all right, well, we can be balanced on offense and we can just lean on Fournette. But he's not playing. Rojo is. There's always the chance that Ronald Jones doesn't deliver to our expectations. And I don't think Ronald Jones necessarily takes over the game for, for Tampa Bay. I think he'll be good for Tampa Bay. I think he can score. But we know that he's not going to be a huge part of the passing game for Tampa Bay. And uh, ultimately, I think it'll be Brady who you know, does what he usually does against Carolina, even without Evans and Godwin. I guess I, I would maybe take a counter approach and say that Jones is worse for Brady than Fournette for exactly what you said. I totally agree. Fournette, it was their third leading receiver. And Jones actually, I mean, small sample for him, but he's at more yards per carry than Fournette, which I wouldn't care about, except he did the same thing last year. You know, I think 100%. he's going to yep. be fine You're running the ball. So, um, we'll see. Yeah. They're, they're, they're about getting wins at this point. They're looking to the postseason. Uh, sure. So why would they try and get wins with their Hall of Fame quarterback when they've got? Well, it's 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 it's. However, it, it unfolds. I mean, Brady could obviously have a That's big true. game. That that goes without saying. But right. I think you know they're going to come out and try and establish a run. And if Jones gets off to a good start, that's what they'll stick with. If he doesn't, then they'll go to Brady. But I think they're going to get off to a good start because teams are run on this opponent. I think it's entirely possible that all the Bucks do well in this game, too. Just because Carolina turns the ball over a bunch on offense. I think their defense is a little overrated at this point in the year. Do you think Tyler Johnson is a decent sleeper in, you know, Lazard or Johnson? Lazard for me. Oh, I think, Johnson, I think Johnson's not bad as a floor play in DFS. Okay. 10 PPR points. There's also the chance if Perryman gets off the COVID list, then it's a little bit more messy. All right, time for the start meter here for the last three games we're going to talk about just in case uh, this runs into Christmas. Uh, Detroit at Atlanta, start meter for Jared Goff if he plays. Uh, Jamie, you can start with that. Four. DeAndre Swift. Ten. Uh, eight in PPR, six in non-PPR. If Swift is out... Jamal Williams or Craig Reynolds? Reynolds. I'll say Reynolds, but I, I just I don't know what the coaches are thinking. They might go right back to Williams because he's the experienced guy. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's going to be messy. I think it's going you're going to see all three guys in there because I don't think Swift is 100. percent And so you're going to get Reynolds touching the ball. You're going to get Williams for whatever extent. I just Swift. You got to play Swift if you have him. But I just I just worry where the ceiling is if he doesn't score. And we, certainly the quarterback situation is different. Do they do they still feature him? Remember. When he left, these receivers were doing nothing. Yeah. Now he's back, and these guys are doing significantly much better. They they found their receiving core. Still no Hawkinson, so uh, you know obviously that helps with the target. Because sure. you could you could say you could say that Swift coming back hurts hurts Amonra St. Brown. It absolutely could. Right. I think it does. All right. So yep. so Amonra. I think St. having Tim Boyle under center hurts them too. Like this is a completely different world than what Swift had when he was healthy. 
Yeah, I just don't think I'd have the guts to start St. Brown with if it's Boyle. Is, I mean, I get it. Yeah, how about you guys? I'm looking to take the under on his player props. Um, I I have to start him in one league, but if you can avoid it, it might be a good idea. We'll see. Let's I mean, go to it. Let's go to Atlanta on the startometer. Matt Ryan. I think he's like a six. Woo. I'm starting to warm up to him a little bit. He's in the same same uh, range as as uh, Goff, so I'll say four. He just doesn't throw very much, and I don't think he'll have to if they're winning this game. He doesn't throw very much. It's weird. Cordero Patterson. Ten. Eight. Mike Davis. Minus eight. Uh, he's a four. If they're winning, he's going to have a decent opportunity to play well. <sighs> Russell Gage. Ten. He's an eight in PPR, seven and nine. And Kyle Pitts. Solid stuff. Um, six. Giants, Eagles. Saquon. He looked better last week again. He's starting to trend in the right direction, and he's taking on Detroit. Oh, such a good matchup. Uh, Giants, Eagles, Saquon Barkley. Six. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably have him ranked as if he were a seven right now, and I think I'm going to sink him. Okay. No other Giants, right? No. And I would give the rest of the Giants a collective four. <laughs> okay. I'd go lower than that. Jalen Hurts. Ten. I missed the name. Who'd you say? Jalen Hurts. Hurts. Yeah. Ten. Miles Sanders, if he plays. Ten. Nine. Would you rather start Jordan Howard or Mike Davis if Miles Sanders plays? Howard. Howard. Jordan Howard or Saquon Barkley? Um, well, I'd take it back. I'd start Davis in PPR with Howard. Um, Howard or Barkley? Yes. If Sanders is out? No. Sanders is in. No, Barkley. Yeah, I'm telling you, you're probably going to get 10 carries from Jordan Howard for about yeah, I'll 55 yards. It's going to be a tougher matchup for him, but I'll still take it. Yeah, uh, I think you probably can tell I'm very down on Saquon Barkley. Uh, what else? In the, oh, Devontae Smith. Three. Yeah, so tough to trust. Unfortunate. Dallas Goddard. Ten. Ten. Uh, Goddard or Pitts? Goddard. Goddard. Tampa Bay at Carolina. Brady. Six. Seven. Rojo. Ten. Eight. Antonio Brown. Ten. Uh, yeah, ten. Rob Gronkowski, 15. 69. <laughs> yeah, he would say that. Cam Newton. You would. Uh, like a three. Okay. Uh, Amir Abdullah or anyone else other than DJ Moore? Abdullah's interesting. Uh, DJ Moore might not play. Right. Um, Abdullah, I'll say three in PPR. Chuba Hubbard. Remember I yeah. told you about Levante David. That makes them much care. worse. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, both those running backs are a three for me. Oh, my gosh. Robbie would be like a, a, a really impressive four if there was no DJ Moore. I would actually like to see them feature Terrace Marshall if, if Moore doesn't play, just to see what they have. I don't know if they think he's ready. And uh, if Robbie, if DJ Moore plays, what'd you say about Robbie? A four? If DJ Moore's out. I'm sorry, yeah, if he's, if he's out, my bad. Yeah, four. Maybe even a five, like a whole five. Okay. Robbie right. Anderson. So let's go. We got eight games and we're at 40 minutes. Good luck to us. Indianapolis at Arizona. We'll keep it simple here. Uh, sit Wentz. You disagree with me, please, if I say anything wrong. I'm just going to try to get it along. Sit Wentz, start Taylor. 
Starter said Michael Pittman. I like him. Starter. Dave, you do seem I, to, to like him this week. Why? I think that he bounces back after last week. And I, I just I don't want to like focus so much on what happened to the Colts passing game last week. Because Wentz only threw 12 times. They didn't have to do it. It was a short-ish week for them. Uh, he had at least eight targets in his prior two games. That includes a game they won 31-0 over Houston. So a game where you'd think the game script would be completely away from passing the football. Still had eight targets. Arizona's allowed five touchdowns to wide receivers in their last two games. 19 to the wide receiver position all season. Three wide receivers with at least 75 yards in their last two. I think they're changing. I don't think that they're as tough of a pass defense as they were earlier in this year where we were scared of number one receivers against them. And I, I don't think Wentz cares about that stat. I think Wentz just likes to find Pittman, and that's his go-to guy in the passing game. Okay, and would you start Michael Pittman or Christian Kirk? Kirk by a mile. I'll start Pittman. What do you think about Kirk against a team that gives up the second fewest yards to slot receivers and has one of the best slot cornerbacks in football in uh Anymore. Kenny Moore. Well, is Kirk going to be exclusively in the slot? I'm not sure if he was exclusive last. No, week. it's not. No, but it's a pretty high percentage. He's a different I think kind he's of slot see guy. So many targets in a game where there could be chasing points. I love the setup for him. Okay, he's a number two receiver for me, especially in PPR. And how do you feel about AJ Green? Uh, high end number three receiver. Both these guys are seeing a plus targets, so I'll take my chances with that. Mm-hmm. So if both running backs play for the Cardinals, who, who do you like better? Connor. Connor slightly, but I'm so concerned that he's not going to finish the game if he starts. And last week he did have two catches to zero for Chase Edmonds. So even if Edmonds, you know, runs more routes and, and whatnot, it's still it's not like before when he had almost no catches, like something like five catches in the first eight games of the season. He's gonna probably gonna be a little more involved. So that hurts Edmonds. Uh if they both play, would you start both Christian Kirk and A.J. Green over a Cardinals running back? Yes. Kirk's the easy one to say yes to on that. I think I would take a running back over A.J. Green. All right. Now, let's say Connor's out. Would you start Edmonds? The same question. Edmonds or Kirk in that scenario? Edmonds. I think I'd go Kirk. Edmonds if Connor's out or DeAndre Swift? Swift. Um, Edmonds. All right. Edmonds or Sony Michelle if Connor's out? Um, Edmonds. Feels closer. Definitely feels closer, but I think I'd go Sony. Get to Kyler Murray in a second. Zach Ertz looks like a must start this week. He's top five for you guys. The Colts have allowed 67 yards or a touchdown to a tight end in six of their last step seven games. Jamie has Zach Ertz in one of our matchups again, you know, so I'm not looking forward to that. Kyler Murray. All right, last two games, 17 points against the Rams, but he did have 61 rushing yards, but only 14 points at Detroit in his one game without Hopkins. Murray or Brady? Brady. Uh, Murray. How much do you have, how much faith do you have in Murray this week, Jamie? Uh, moderate faith. Uh, top six quarterback, top seven quarterback. I have him seventh. And I'm thinking about moving him down. He just did not look good each of the last two games. Really was off for most of the game against Detroit. Did start to get going late. That's where he started to throw better, and Kirk had his touchdown. But he just he seems a little off over the last two games, and that's got me concerned. 
Yeah, this used to be such a layup of a matchup. The Colts' pass defense, they allow the second-highest touchdown rate in the NFL, but over the last five weeks, five touchdowns, seven interceptions. Three of those games were against Jacksonville, Houston, and New England, but two of them were against Buffalo and Tampa Bay, and they did a great job against Brady and Mm -hmm. Josh Allen. So I don't know if it's a genuine improvement or what, but it doesn't look like it's the layup it used to be. No, but they did lose Rocky Sin, so we'll see what that matters. That, That is true. Starting cornerback for them. Uh, so, Kyler Murray or Tyler Huntley? I currently have Murray over Huntley, but I could see myself making that switch. Going to yeah, Huntley. I stick with Murray. All right, we're going to sit the DSTs in this game, right? Yes. They're good? Good on this game? All yes. right, finish with this game. Let's take a break. Let's go to Cleveland at Green Bay. When we come back, tell you what the Packers have allowed to wide receivers in their last four games. It is troubling. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Cleveland visits the frozen tundra on Christmas Day. The Packers' defense is struggling. 28 or more points allowed in four straight games. Six pass plays of more than 40 yards in their last four games. And 76 or more yards to six wide receivers in their last four games. As I alluded to earlier, though, a lot of deep stuff. And, you know, like you can think about the Rams game, the deep balls to uh, Jefferson and Beckham. And that's not exactly the forte of Jarvis Landry. So, Dave, let's talk about Cleveland first. And who on Cleveland are you starting? I'll start Nick Chubb. I don't like that he's lost J.C. Treader in the middle of his offensive line and that the Packers are getting back Kenny Clark. That worries me quite a bit. And obviously, if the Packers build a lead on this tired Browns defense, who would be without cornerback Greg Newsom, by the way, uh, I wonder just how much work Chubb will get. So he's starting to make me nervous. I've got him ranked high. I could see myself moving him down as we get closer to the game on Saturday. He's probably the only one that I feel really good about. If I had any belief that this Browns offense could consistently be effective on deep passes, Peoples-Jones would be in play in redraft leagues. He's definitely in play in DFS. I would love the idea of taking the chance on Peoples-Jones because the set you mentioned, the Packers pass defense being bad. But I don't necessarily want to trust him 
in my lineups this week unless I was really thin at wide receiver three. Okay, but but you like Landry better than Peoples Jones, or you like Peoples Jones? I think he's safer than Peoples Jones. So if I'm debating between those two guys, it's Landry because I know I, I'm he's going to wake up and roll into ten PPR points, and he might get as many as seventeen if he scores. I think it's going to be a little bit harder to count on that from Peoples Jones. Would you guys start Jarvis Landry or Amari Cooper full PPR? Cooper for me. Cooper. How about Gallup or Landry? Landry. I know Landry there. How about Landry or Pittman? Uh, Pittman, but both. Pittman. Okay. Uh, we. Sh- I guess we should keep an eye on Njoku. And he practiced yesterday. He did. Okay. Well, then we our eye is kept on him. So that means sit Hooper and Njoku. I would plan on yes. Okay. So let's talk about the Green Bay Packers here. And Aaron Rodgers is a must-start, obviously. It looks like Miles Garrett is going to play, but right now Jadavion Clowney is still in the COVID protocols. Uh, yeah. And no McKinley. No attack McKinley. Right, and Ga- and Garrett is at less than 100%. He's going to gut it out, but yeah. All right, he so won't be normal Miles Garrett. Start him. Uh, start, I like Rod- start I'm just going to say I, I like Rodgers this week. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good play. <laughs> uh, start Adams. Now, how do we feel about A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, Jamie? Break it down. Uh, Jones better than Dillon. Uh, Jones, I think, will benefit with MVS not there because what they typically do with their running game in the passing game, running backs in the passing game, excuse me. Um, Dillon is kind of, you know what to expect at this point. He's a touchdown or bust running back. So the, the thing that you would probably like is that if they're playing with the lead, he's going to get a lot of opportunities in the fourth quarter. So he's not a bad number two running back in non-PPR, flex in PPR. Um, but again, you, you saw what the, the the way things can unfold for him last week where if he doesn't score like what happened two weeks ago, you're going to be left with a, a very empty stat line. Aaron Jones or Nick Chubb? Uh, still Nick Chubb. I think Jones will be one of the running backs I'll put ahead of Chubb. How about AJ Dillon or Sony Michelle? Sony for me. AJ Dillon or Rashad Penny? I would take Michelle over Jones in non PPR too. Um, I've got Dillon ranked ahead of Penny right now. Who is it? Dillon or who? Penny. Penny. Uh, I'll take Penny. You'd go Sony Michelle over Aaron Jones in non PPR. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Minnesota. That's a good matchup for Sony Michelle for sure. Um, Let's well, Cam Akers plays. Right. <laughs> <sighs> All right. AJ Dillon. It's already been the craziest year in the history of fantasy football. Would it really shock you if he came back? This week, yes. AJ yeah. Dillon or DK Metcalf? Let's say half PPR. Metcalf. Metcalf has a little more upside, but they're both the same. Like you need them both to score in order to feel good about things. And if MVS is out. Would you start Alan Lazard or A.J. Green? Green. Lazard. How about this? This is a good one. If, if MVS is out, Alan Lazard or Miko Hardman? Lazard. Lazard. Okay. All right. I, th- <laughs> I think we're finished with this game. I don't want to sell these games short. I know I usually take a lot more time, but I... You know, doesn't I mean, feel, we're at the point of the year you kind of know who you're using. Does, you're does it feel like I'm selling these games short? I don't no, wanna, not at all. All right, I don't want to. Never went through my head. Hurt the listeners here. Chicago at Seattle. Take a look at conversions in this game. These are two of the three worst third down teams in the NFL. Only you could have tr- just taken out third down. What? You could have taken out third down. 
Uh, only Detroit has a lower third down conversion rate. There is one difference, though, in conversions. The Bears are the fourth worst red zone team in terms of converting red zone opportunities into touchdowns. The Bears are the fourth worst, and the Seahawks are actually the fourth best. And that is so important to me because, you know, I know a lot of people just start David Montgomery with total confidence. But the reason why he doesn't feel like he's been that great is because they suck in the red zone and he barely ever scores. You got to love his role in the passing game, though, and we'll get into him in a little bit against a team that gives up the most pass- receiving yards to running backs. Um, why don't we get into it right now? Why don't we talk about David Montgomery, Jamie? Is he a slam dunk start this week at Seattle? 100%. Yeah, you can't get away from his work. You can't get away from the role in the passing game. The touchdowns, the lack of touchdowns stink. But, I mean, with what the running back landscape looks like this week and really for the season, uh, anybody that's getting as much work as he is is hard to avoid. So you have to have a very unique set of circumstances to be benching David Montgomery. Montgomery or Aaron Jones? Montgomery. Jones. I'm just going to give you the the numbers. He's Aaron Jones, Ronald Jones. He's only three games all year where Ronald Jones has, or David Montgomery has scored more than 13 PPR fantasy points. Yep. And I feel like Aaron Jones has done that each of the last two games, right? Cuz he scored. Sure, but it's it's a matter of you're counting on work versus touchdowns. And so, does Aaron Jones have higher touchdown potential? Sure. Does David Montgomery going to touch the ball more? Yes. Yeah, that's that is for sure. Okay, back to this game here. I had a stat of the game. Let's find it. Stat of the game. The Bears allow the third most fantasy points to wide receivers. It, that's that's it. That's the whole stat of the game. So, I you know, Dave, I know I mentioned this on the live stream yesterday. I watched all Every target for DK Metcalf in his last three games, there are opportunities there. You know, absolutely. It's so frustrating. There was that a slant against the Texans where he could have scored, and the throw was behind mm-hmm. him. There was the deep yep. ball against the Rams. It was pathetically underthrown. What am I supposed to make of that? I still think there's a chance for a good game here. Obviously, we all do, but I know you're you're really kind of. I feel like you kind of had it with Metcalf. And I wonder if the Seahawks have too, and if if Russ has had it and maybe they would try and come together and put something to work in practice so that Metcalf can be that number one guy for them. But Lockett's back. And I think that means a world of difference, both in general for the matchup and for how Russ thinks when he drops back to pass. I don't think there's any reason for him to target Metcalf 12 times this week. And he did it last week, and Metcalf didn't even average 10 yards per catch. He caught half the balls. It's not all on DK. There's no question because you you even mentioned it. We all saw the deep ball last week to Metcalf that was way off target. And then you mentioned the pass that was thrown behind him in the red zone. I guess it was two games ago. I think that it's just going to be more of a, a lower target volume and fewer opportunities just in general for DK Metcalf. He might get one or two end zone targets, but he's been getting that week in and week out and nothing. He's Mike Williams. <laughs> yeah, there, there, it, this, there, there could be a squeaky wheel game coming. Like I'm reading some stuff right here from Pete Carroll this week um, about how here's what he said: they're trying their ass, to, they're at, they're trying their ass off to get, to play right. They're working on their stuff, their routes. The calls are there. We're trying to get the ball there. We've just got to throw and catch it, and we've got to make the plays, and they got to get the job done. That was, I think, following the game. Um, and this is what he said on the radio after the fact: they're working at it and they're developing. They're a pretty dangerous pair. We've just got to keep going. We hit the deep ball. Everything would have been different. I'm sure talking about the, the Ramsey play we underthrew him. Sure. I think they're still gonna he's, he's still gonna be in the neighborhood of eight targets. This matchup is too good. It's very difficult to sit DK Mecca. Lockett is obviously ahead of him, right? 
Must start. Yes. Okay. How about Mooney or Metcalf? Metcalf. I'd go DK over Mooney. How about even if Dalton plays? Mooney or because I've kind of had it with Mooney too. Do you like Mooney? And, and I mean, I think Dalton's better for him. Look at the last two games he had with Dalton, right? I mean, I, I off the top of my head, I know one of them was a hundred. I think they were both a sure. hundred yard games. I think I think if Dalton's under center, you can make a better case for Mooney. As weird as that sounds, but oh, I also weird? don't think the Seahawks defense. I think their defense is designed to keep Mooney from beating them deep. They they're so Mooney's good against the receivers. Put it that way. And they've given up three touchdowns in their last 10 games to receivers. Two of them were to Cup. One was Jamal, Jamal Agnew. So, in general, start or sit Darnell Mooney this week. Sit him if you can. Okay. You, you can. You which can sit him. tight end you do you like? You can get Hardman and, and put him in there. Which tight end do you like better in this game? Was Will Disley's on the COVID list. So, is it Everett or Komet for you? Uh, I would go Everett in non-PPR and Komet in PPR. I'll take Komet in both. If the Seattle defense is going to be playing deep to keep the big pass from beating them, then short throws are in order, and that's where Komet thrives. I do like it better for Komet if it's Fields versus Dalton. Okay. Yeah, although one of Komet's best games came on Thanksgiving with, with Dalton. That's true. I think the, the one thing, though, about what you said, Dave, is there's just the, the lack of touchdown potential for Komet, as we've seen. And so that's why I would take Everett non-PPR, because I think he'll, he can score twice in this game. Wouldn't surprise me. All right, so how about Russell Wilson? How do you feel about Russell Wilson now that we know Lockett is back? Uh, borderline starter. Wilson or and, Mahomes. And the thing that he struggles with is pressure up the middle. They're not going to have that with the Keem Hicks out there. Sure. And, you know, whether you heard it already in this podcast or you hear it later, you know I'm nervous about Dak Prescott. I'll still start Dak Prescott over Russell Wilson. But I, I agree with Jamie's call. I've got him 13th, borderline starter, not a must-start by any means, better than pretty much any streaming option that's out there, save for Tyler Huntley. Yeah, I mean... I might go Russell Wilson over Mahomes if Mahomes doesn't get his guys back. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Okay. So, uh, Rashad Penny, Jamie, what are you, how do you feel about Rashad Penny this week? I mean, I think he's in a better spot without, without Hicks there. You know, it's a, it's a much better opportunity. It's, um, you know, I still think he'll be the lead guy. I am concerned, though, if Collins does get healthy, still dealing with an abdomen injury despite coming off the COVID list. Uh, if they activate Adrian Peterson, then that's a that's a red flag. But if it's you know just Collins and DJ Dallas, then I think you should be okay with Penny. Um, you know, I would imagine that you know you talked about what with Barkley, what the Giants are trying to look at for their future. I think that the Seahawks need to figure out if if Penny can be their guy. You know, hopefully he stays healthy. It, it it was really frustrating because I don't know if he would have scored the touchdown that DJ Dallas got, but that's the one that he lost because he left the field with a back injury. And there's always that concern with him. I like the fact that he's not on the injury report this week, so. I think Penny's a low-end starter flex, depending on what you need. Um, you know, so like I, I, I originally had him behind Jeff Wilson and, and Deontay Foreman. I put him ahead of them uh, after I saw the Hicks news yesterday. So that could be one that I, I regret. But in any event, I think he's uh, he's in that you know late twenties or you know 20, 20, 23 to twenty to twenty-seven range of running backs. Okay. Carroll also talked this week about running the ball more, which is. Very scary because when he's talked about it in the past, he's followed through with it. If Penny is that lead guy, then sure, he's got an opportunity to just compile some good stats and maybe have a couple of breakaway runs. But that's what you're looking for if you start him. Last week against LA, he averaged 3.6 yards per carry. He didn't face eight in the box even one time. So I, I, I do worry about him coming through with explosive plays. I'm worried about him staying healthy throughout the game. 
feels like he's in that same box as Wilson and Foreman, where if he doesn't score, he's going to leave you hanging. All right, guys. Let's. Uh, anything else in this game? I think we're good. Well, I like the Seahawks DST. Okay. Yes. Rams at Vikings. An interesting matchup for Kirk Cousins because he's been terrible under pressure. He has uh, not completed a pass under pressure in two straight games. He was 0 for 7 against the Bears on Monday. And he also really struggles against too deep coverage. Teams have been playing that a lot lately against the Vikings, and they've openly talked about it. They're, they and the rest of the NFL <laughs> is struggling against too deep coverage. Uh, all right, let me give you a couple stats here. Here is a mildly encouraging stat of the game for Beckham and for Van Jefferson. In the last three games, there have been seven wide receivers who have had 62 or more receiving yards against the Vikings. So that gives you a little bit of a floor, maybe. That's a lot. That's more than two about, per game. How about six wide receivers with at least 75 yards in their past five? <laughs> I'd sum it up their past defense sucks and they give up the most points to wide receivers and they don't pressure the quarterback as much as even Seattle does they play the same a similar style of defense to Seattle it's not exactly the same but they try and take away the deep ball like Seattle did but they don't get pressure like Seattle does so that gives Stafford a little more time to throw and that could open up those guys further downfield uh, yes, a concerning stat of the game. Tell me how you guys feel about this. I don't think, I, I don't know how you feel about it. Uh, I won't even say it. it the Rams, 3.21 yards per carry to running backs in the last seven games, but it doesn't matter. You guys are starting Alexander Madison. He's top five. Start him. Stafford is an easy one. He's top four. Start him. Sony Michelle. So, uh, Jamie, your thoughts on Sony Michelle going against Minnesota. They are 20th against running backs. They are not good. I mean, the, the, the nice thing is, is that the Rams showed you who they prefer and it's Michelle over Henderson. And so will Henderson's role increase, you know, uh, a, a game removed from the thigh injury slash COVID scenario that he was dealing with uh, potentially. But I think, you know, uh, Pete Prisco talked about this and, and I think it's accurate that the, the, the Rams want to be more of a physical team as they get into the playoffs because they know they can throw when they have to, they have the quarterback, they have the receiving core to do it. And what they did last week, they did it without Haverstein and they did it without Higby. And those are two significant blockers for their rushing attack. And so if they get those guys back, I don't know what Haverstein's status is. I know Higby's still on the COVID list. Um, but if you get those guys back, you know, I think that just makes it even more of an, uh, an opportunity for Michelle to run the ball. So this is going to be a team, I think, that you see, uh, you know, establish the run early. But also this is a throw to score, run to win type of team. Um, and they can use Michelle late in the game. So I think he's a very safe number two running back this week. He, he just, you know, he would add a monster game. You feel a lot more, a lot better about him if he had scored. Uh, but everything else, you know, I think you could feel pretty good about his rush, rushing work, the minimal work in the passing game, but that's kind of going to be the case, I think, most weeks for the Rams. Um, so you're looking at maybe two to three catches. So uh, he's got still, I think, 20 touch potential, even with Henderson still there. Beckham or Beckham's going to be a tough one for people this week. Beckham or Clyde Edwards Elair. Clyde. I'm going to say Clyde, but it's the second matchup in a row where it just makes perfect sense for the Chiefs to run more. But they didn't do it last week. Granted, they did pretty good throwing the ball. Well, they're chasing points. That too. Against the Steelers, I just the Steelers have allowed over 400 yards to running backs on the ground the last two weeks. I can't help but think that they would really hammer that, especially without Tyreek and Kelsey on the field. So I'll say Edwards Elair, but it's it's not a slam dunk. How would you rank these three wide receivers? Beckham, Van Jefferson, Gabriel Davis. 
You just did. Um, Davis, Beckham, Jefferson. Oh, how about that? Davis last for Dave, first for Jamie against the Rams wide receivers. Start or sit Tyler Higby if he plays. The Vikings have allowed four touchdowns to tight ends in their last three games and 71 yards to Cole Komet last week. Uh, you'd be in a low end starting range. And Okay, uh, Conklin or Higby? Higby. Higby, but I wouldn't feel good about either one. You may have answered this earlier, but Cousins or Wilson? Uh, right now, I have Cousins one spot ahead. I'm going to change that with Lockett back. I should have did that yesterday. So I'll take Russell Wilson over Cousins. I still have Cousins. But that's 12 and 13 for me. So, I, I, How much does Thielen matter? I mean, you, I don't think you can just ignore the fact that his last two games have been junk and Thielen hasn't played. It's probably well, one game was Dalvin Cook going for 200 yards. So, I guess, but he also was 14 of 31. He could have he could have had a huge game. He had all those misplays with yeah. with Justin Jefferson. This is this is the setup you like for Cousins because they're most likely chasing points, and so you know he could clearly vomit all over himself and throw you know a pick six and some interceptions. But I still think this is the this is the scenario I would prefer. No Dalvin and Thielen back and chasing points. I think only four quarterbacks have thrown two touchdown passes against the Rams, and Cousins has done that in seven straight games. So we'll see. Right, but he's had a couple of games where. He's thrown two touchdowns and didn't have a great fantasy game. Otherwise, last week was yeah. one of those. Games. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, but he gives you that floor, I guess, because he does throw a lot of touchdowns. All right, Madison, you start. Jefferson, you start. What do you do with Thielen and/or Osborne? Uh, Dave. Thielen's a start, but I would lower the expectations a little bit just because we don't know how effective he'll be coming off the ankle sprain. Osborne is not a start for me. Definitely, if Thielen doesn't play, and even if, or definitely, if Thielen does play, and even if Thielen doesn't play. Uh, two games ago, nine targets, three catches. He had one great play. Last week, didn't get a lot of targets, didn't have a great game. I'd be, I, I'm nervous about Osborne and would go in a different direction. So let's talk a little bit more about Gerald Everett here, actually, just because I think, I'm not sorry, no, I was going to compare him to Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby, uh, because I think people are desperate for tight ends and you've got a guy who, you know, could find the end zone. Uh, so would you start Everett or Higby if he plays? Everett. I'd plan on Everett. He's got more upside. How about Higby or Jared Cook? Uh, I kind of like Cook without Parham there. So I would go Cook. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you meant with Higby. I would go Everett over. No, Higby. Cook. Higby Higby or Cook? I would go Cook over Higby. Okay. I They feel like the same guy to me. I might go. No, I think I'd still go Cook over Higby. Kind of avoiding the Rams DST this week? Yes. If you can. Okay. If you don't want to, you don't have to. It's a bad match. Do, do, the, do the check of the waiver wire for the Dolphins, the Eagles, uh, maybe even the Seahawks. Yeah. Yeah, I'd go the Broncos over them too. Yes, I would. I started I the Niners. The I started the Niners over them last night. Hopefully I don't blame you. I had them wearing back to back. Washington is at Dallas. Stat of the game. Dak Prescott, in his last five games, since returning from the calf injury, it is important to note he is averaging nine rushing yards per game, so he's giving you nothing there. But he's also got a 2.4% touchdown rate. If you listen to the Wednesday show, we did discuss this. He's been a little unlucky there. Throwing 41 times per game in these five games with a 2.4% touchdown rate. So um, where did you come out on Dak Prescott, Jamie? I know earlier you said you were pretty optimistic. 
uh, either six or seven. Uh, it's between him and Kyler in that spot. Uh, I do think he's going to bounce back. You know, again, I, I think three straight road games is is tough for any team. Um, a couple of tough matchups in there. Like you said, a little unlucky as well. And uh, coming back home against a team that's, you know, back-to-back road games after playing on Tuesday is, uh, I think, is going to matter for how Washington's defense is. And so he's got a good track record at home. He's got a good track record against his team. This team has been bad against quarterbacks all season long for the most part. And so I think Dak takes advantage of it. Um, you know, receiving core is healthy. He's, he's in a good spot for me, in my opinion. I think he's a starter. I, I really am going to count on that fact that Washington's a tired team on the road after the short week. I think that that is humongous here. And I think the Cowboys really need that. So the question is, does Dak continue to throw as much as he has been? Since his injury, he's played seven games. He's had at least 35 pass attempts in six of the seven games. So I think he's got a good chance to throw 35 passes again, even if it's just a, a walloping over this Washington football team. He's just not taking a lot of chances downfield. Um, three deep pass attempts in his past two games. That includes the game when Tyron got hurt, left tackle got hurt. Maybe he's rushing to get rid of the football and checking down a little bit more. And he obviously didn't have Tyron Smith last week. Only 15 pass attempts over 10 air yards in his past two games. So those are the intermediate throws. That's tied for 21st most among quarterbacks. He's been off target on a lot of those throws, 10, 20-plus yards downfield. His interception uh, two games ago was an off-target throw against Washington. So he hasn't been playing as well. And I wonder if the Cowboys recognize that and they try and take the ball out of his hands after all. And if this is an easy defense where they're able to do whatever they want against them because the football team is tired, then that means that they're going to be able to run against them too. And so maybe I'm missing the boat oh. on Zeke, and he should be a little higher in my rank. Okay, good. Let's go to that. Let's go to that. Because it doesn't matter who they've played. Zeke can't run on anyone these right. days, but Pollard can. But who is the you best? Know, do you think Zeke looked a little better last week? No, I think he looked powerful. No. <laughs> I thought he was, you know, he was. he's tough. He's strong. He's tough to tackle. He has no explosion. He's got a knee brace on for two straight games. I mean, I think that is taking some speed away from him. And you could see the difference so clearly when Pollard comes in. I, sure. I can, I can think of a true. play where Pollard kind of went for about seven yards around the corner, just, you know, and ran out of bounds. Zeke probably would have gotten two yards. It's just such a difference right now. Zeke needs Tyron Smith. Much more so than Tony Pollard needs Tyron Smith. I, I mean, does it even matter? He just he's no, it not doesn't himself. matter. You're right, but I'm saying like he he's he's going to run between the tackles. Anything he's going to do is going to be because somebody misses him, not because he's making somebody miss. Pollard is somebody they can go wide with. Some, Pollard is somebody they can do you know different things with. Get him out in space. He makes people miss more so at this point. Um, they're not going to have a changing of the guard anytime soon this season, but it's very much a 50-50 split, and it should be because Pollard's look better. 50-50 split, but obviously Zeke should have. Probably more catches and definitely the goal line work. That's just been yes. the, the deal. So who's the best running back in this game? Uh, right now, still Gibson, but uh, that's really trending in the wrong direction. Right. I will take Zeke. And Gibson would be next if he plays. Pollard would be right behind him. Gibson has five or more catches in three of his last four games. That's a saving grace for him. Yes. And his touchdown potential also. He's a better version of Zeke right now. And that's not by much. <laughs> All right, so then we got to compare them to some other guys. Clyde or running back in this game? Clyde. Uh, I guess, yeah, Clyde. Josh Jacobs or a running back in this game? Jacobs. That one's. I don't like the matchup for Jacobs. I would still take him. How about Joe Mixon? Mixon. I might have Zeke ahead of Mixon. Oh, uh, you know, I'll take I'll take Gibson in PPR over Zeke. Okay. 
How about uh, who is the second best wide receiver? I mean, I'm sorry. Gibson and PPR were mixing. We're mixing. Who is the second best wide receiver in this game after CD Lamb? Cooper. It's Cooper and then McLaurin. Are they McLaurin's starts? closer to Gallup than he is to Cooper. Okay. Are, are you confident? I think we like Cooper, right? Yes. Cooper's fine. Uh, I could see McLaurin catching a deep ball. I like that Heineke's back. I think that's better for him than Garrett Gilbert. You know, I remember previewing this game two weeks ago and thinking, hey, I like McLaurin, and here's why. They The targets have been way down lately. This was going into two weeks ago. Targets have been way down lately because Gibson's running the ball 20 times a game, and they're on a four-game winning streak, and they're not giving up a lot of points, and their defense is playing better. And I like him because I think Dallas is going to come in there and score a bunch. Heineke's going to have to throw more. His pass attempts have been way down, and McLaurin's going to really benefit from it. Well, it didn't happen. He le- he did. Is that the game he left with an injury? McLaurin? Yeah. I don't believe so. He... It was last week. Last week. Okay. Well, it didn't happen. He was horrible against Dallas. And, um, right, he had no catches on three targets. And Dallas hasn't been scoring. That's the problem. I think you need Dallas to score to get the pass attempts up, to get the targets up. So that's kind of where we're at with McLaurin right now. And even then, I mean, it's just he's not coming through. It's I don't want to sit him, but... I do. You do? Okay. Do you want? Would you sit him for Zeke or Gibson? He has one good game since week seven. It's not. This isn't a small sample size. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. But if he has a big game, then you're going to say afterward, "Oh, now you do it." Of course, it's in the playoffs. Well, no. I mean, I haven't been start. I haven't been ranking him as a starter. I haven't been trusting him as a starter. It's been a disappointing season. My whole oh, I'm ranking him as a big was on Ryan Fitzpatrick, and so it's it's been a, a disaster without the guy who I thought was going to pepper him with targets. Taylor Heineke is not that guy. No, so, the saving grace is that you're hoping that he catches one or two deep balls against the Cowboys. The Cowboys have allowed 12 catches of 20-plus yards to uh, receivers in their last five. That includes four touchdowns. It's the fifth most of anybody in the league. So it, it you know the deal with McLaurin. It's feast or famine. He gets a decent a amount of, of target from week to week, too. And a lot of famine, but when he feasts, he feasts. He's feasted once. He's feasted four, four times this year seven. and once in his last seven. But but it is always when he has the targets. And if you think the Cowboys are going to, you know, do whatever they want, then maybe there's some He hasn't some been above there. eight targets since week seven. Because the, the football team's defense has been so much better in that stretch. Even last week, I mean, it wasn't that good, but they didn't give up a ton of points. They also didn't have the ball much. Uh, I Look, I get it. It's, it's hard to trust them. All right, then uh, that's it for that game. Except for the tight ends. Dalton Schultz, after a big game last week against the Giants, did you go? Would you go with Dalton Schultz, or you know, we talked about Everett and Komet, uh, maybe Higby. Is Schultz ahead of that group? Schultz is ahead of that group for me. I would only start Komet over Schultz in PPR. I don't. I don't think Schultz is solved yet because of what happened last week. No, but if Dak is going to continue with this short passing, then that benefits Schultz. How about Gasicki or he Schultz? He was miserable in this game two weeks ago. He was. And who who's got the better chance to score between Schultz and Komet? Schultz. Oh, Schultz. That's, I, I would take Schultz in non-PPR, but I would take him in PPR. I think that's going to have... He might double him in catches. Uh, Gesicki or Schultz? Gesicki. Uh, still Gesicki, but I don't like it. Hunter Henry or Schultz? Like Who? Hunter Henry. Henry? I got uh, Henry. Warren and, and Aguilar are still out. I'll take Henry. All right. Dallas DST is top six. We got three games left. We can do this in 10 minutes. Detroit at Atlanta. Kyle Pitts. Is set up. I want to get the stat of the game. Detroit's been terrible against tight ends. Start Kyle Pitts. 
but we said start Goddard over him if you have those two. Um, I guess in general, Detroit's one of the more difficult teams to to break down right now. So we don't know who's in or who's out, but I think we got to assume Goff is out. So we got more questions about Amonra St. Brown in our chat yesterday than any other player. Jamie, give me your thoughts on Amonra St. Brown. If Goff plays, he's got top 10 upside. If Goff is out, he's a low-end number two receiver in PPR and a number three receiver at best in non-PPR. On the other side of the ball, do you worry? And oh, We will not skip the running backs. We'll get to them, but we have talked about them a lot today. Uh, are you worried at all? I brought this up about Gage on the stream yesterday. His two big games lately have been losses where he's had a lot of targets. You know, if they win this game, and if we like Patterson, because everybody runs on Detroit, does this feel more like the 65, the 5 for 65 Russell Gage than the, you know, true standout must-start Russell Gage? I mean, the touchdown that he caught against the 49ers last week was early in the game, so I don't think score mattered there. Um, I, he's their guy. He's, he is their best receiving option right now. He's not their most talented receiving option. Kyle Pitts is still that guy. But with what Russell Gage has done lately, the targets have been very nice. The production has been even nicer. Um, I think he's going to be fine. I, I think you've seen the floor, and it's it's a four for 64. Uh, so he's not going to completely kill you in PPR and non-PPR. But the ceiling has been amazing. And so, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take my chance with him. We like Patterson a lot. Do we like him better than Zeke and Gibson? Yes. Yes. Okay. Do we like him better than Nick Chubb? I don't think so. Uh, no, but they're close. Okay, and then yeah, Dave. Finally, give me your sum it up again. Your thoughts on the Detroit running backs? I think Swift, if he plays, is the lead back. Does he dominate playing time? That'll probably depend on game flow and how he does early on. It's a good matchup against Atlanta. I think they are struggling uh, against running backs. I think proof of that is last week with Jeff Wilson doing what he did against them. But my best stab at it is that he's around sixty percent of the snaps, and then they work in. I would think it would be Reynolds, but they might. The coaching staff might think it's Williams as the other guy in there. But I still see Swift as the explosive running back and one who could get you a, a huge game. I don't see how you bench him against Stanley. Now, give me the scenario if Swift is out. So if it's it's going to be Williams and Reynolds, yeah. I, I just if you if you watch the two running backs play, Reynolds is the one who looks better. The last two weeks have shown it. He's looked good. He doesn't have breakaway speed. I don't think Williams has breakaway speed either, but Reynolds just seems to do a better job of reading his blockers, finding a lane, hitting the hole, and going. And I think Williams has struggled with that, doing that. Okay, but I guess Re- I'm Reynolds asking, is clearly number two. Where would you guys if, rank them, though? They're going to be Swift like... If Swift is out? Yeah. If Swift is out, Reynolds would be probably a high-end number three running back for me in PPR. Here, here I, just, I was looking up a story to see what Dan Campbell said, and he, he said this about... Craig Reynolds. I would say this. If Craig goes to the game, Craig is getting some carries. That's what I would say. So, yeah, he's warranted that. So, he's going to work in with DeAndre Swift to whatever capacity. I love that quote. That's good. So, he's he's getting work. It's just a matter of how much work is he going to take away from Swift. And I, I think you got to take into account, you know, is Swift rushing back from this injury or have they taken their time with him? Um, I've said this several times. I would imagine when he got hurt, he went to the University of Georgia. This is probably a big game for him going back there, wanting to play in front of, you know, I don't know if he's from Georgia, but I would, I'm going to guess he's, you know, from the area. Um, this is probably a big game for him. He was from Philly. Let's see. Uh, do you think Siri knows? Hey, Siri, where is DeAndre Swift from? 
Philadelphia. Good job. Siri, all right. In any event, he played at Georgia. I would imagine this game means something to him, you know, going back to Atlanta. So, you know, is, is, he, is he coming back because he's ready to go? Is he coming back because he's close to ready to go? You know, they've, they've done a nice job with Craig Reynolds the last two weeks, so they're going to see how much they use both these guys. How about this? They have nothing to play for. They're not going anywhere this year. They're going to bring Swift back and put him on the field. They obviously think he's healthy enough to play. Why would they risk him getting hurt again? Oh, I'm sure he's ready to play. It's just a matter of is he 100% ready to play or is he 80% ready to right, play? Right, but if he's 80% ready to play, why, why rush him back? I mean, again, this is just my logic coming out, and it has nothing to do with Dan Campbell's logic and what they're trying to do. They're well, trying they're to win games. Back. He says he's ready to go. They're going to play him. That's why I think he's going to get a lot of work. That's why I've got him as a top five running back. He could be. Ooh, yeah. Top five. I mean, I wouldn't rank him that high, but I get it. That's Yeah, that's bold. All right, Tampa Bay at Carolina. Brady is, you know, he's a start. Dave likes him a lot. He's got him fifth. Jamie's got him closer to 10th. And I guess we should do some Brady ors. I'll just, in case people miss it, Brady or Tyler Huntley? Huntley for me. Brady. Brady or Dak Prescott? Brady. Okay. Ronald Jones is a must-start running back. But let me just tell you, if you took away... Leonard for or Leonard Fournette's receiving totals. If you think that's what Ronald Jones is, what are you talking about here? In the last 10 games, that's when Fournette started taking over and not including last week when he got hurt. You are talking about the sixth most carries and the fifth most rushing yards in that stretch. Um, and you know, and, and just really good production and eight touchdowns in 10 games. So even if you only get maybe two catches from Ronald Jones, you still have a lot of a lot of uh rushing work there. Uh, so, yeah, Jones, I guess people are going to be asking Jones or. So how about Jones or Cordero Patterson? Jones. I currently have Patterson higher. Okay. Jones or Alvin Kamara? Jones. I feel safer with Kamara and PPR. Non-PPR. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Kamara and PPR. Non-PPR, I'll take Kamara. might be closer. All right. Well, that's where we're at on Jones. He's a must-start. So is Antonio Brown. I didn't even look at your rankings, but I'm assuming he's like top eight. Top five for me. Top five. For who? Antonio Brown. Maybe. Antonio Brown is top 10. And Stark Gronkowski, sit Cam Newton, sit the Panthers running backs, but you guys would prefer in full PPR, you'd prefer Abdul at a Hubbard? I guess. I take Abdul over Hubbard. Okay. And then it's DJ Moore. If DJ Moore plays, Dave, what? where are you ranking DJ Moore? Low end number two receiver in full PPR, middle of the pack flex and non PPR. This is weird. I was looking at Brady's road games, and he's been not great. Yeah, okay. he had the, he had two big games at New Orleans, at Atlanta. So I don't know if that matters indoors, outdoors, because um, he plays outdoors. But thirteen touchdowns, seven interceptions in his last five road games. Um, and you take away in, in the three non indoor games at Philly at Washington. Oh no, I guess it doesn't matter. You play the Colts in, in there too. So forget the indoor outdoor thing. Um, but his last five road games. So two really big games and three really mediocre ones. That's been the knock on his whole career. Games. It was one was against the Patriots, which did a great job. Stunning. No, that's not even in this. This is, uh, going back to, to just against Philadelphia. Right. Washington. He had a couple of turnovers against them. He's had a turnover in every game on the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to make a joke. It's been the knock on him in his whole career. He can't win on the road. This obviously he can win anywhere. But, uh, all right, I mean, it's interesting. And 
Not much else to say there. DJ Moore or Michael Pittman? Pittman. Pittman. I don't Even think more plays. Either. You don't think more plays? Okay, great. Well, that's going to mean I'm starting someone horrible against you. So, uh, Giants-Eagles, our last game. Barkley is the only Giant worth talking about here. So who are the running backs you have ranked around him? I'm assuming you're starting Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon over Barkley? Yes. I'm going to get to that point. I already had Javante over him. I'm going to get to that point with with Gordon. I would would start uh, Barkley over Gordon in PPR because Barkley's still going to get five catches. Yeah. I just... I don't know how effective he's going to be. He he's, hasn't been efficient. Seems to be touchdown needy. He could always score. Like right now, I'm looking at my rankings, and I had Gordon over him already. But now, like, he's ahead of Mixon. I think that's close. He's ahead of Edwards Elaire. I'm coming around on Edwards Elaire, even in PPR. Damian Harris. Could see Harris having a much better game than Saquon. This is, an, this is a tough matchup. He's not playing as much as he has in the past. When he does play, he's taking an extra second to find his hole. It's it's he just he isn't good, and this offense isn't good. That's an understatement <laughs> uh, about the offense. I mean, we'll see how they do with Jake Fromm. Fromm looked okay at the end of last week when he spelled Mike Glennon, but did they, it's did they announce that Fromm is starting? I, I'd be not yet. But that's what they should do. Why would you start that stiff Glennon anymore? I just I don't think that they feel that Jake Fromm is prepared for that. Just in terms of all the things you have to do, that's the that's what I was getting. Because Joe Judge said, "Well, yeah, I mean, it's one thing to go and do it in the two minute drill. It's another thing to do it for the full game." So I think you know he just hasn't been on the team that long. That would be the only consideration I, w- I would guess. All right, so let's move on from the Giants to the Eagles. What about uh, Jalen Hurts coming off this incredible game? Do you have any hesitation in starting Hurts? I mean, you know, I loved him last week, so no, no hesitation. And I did not love him as much last week, and he scored two rushing touchdowns to to pants me on that. I'm coming back to him this week against the Giants. Excellent matchup. One of the things that I looked up this week were off-target throws, just to see where Dak was. And Dak was high in off-target throws, but so were like Brady and Stafford and Josh Allen. You know who's been on target? over the last couple of weeks, is Jalen Hurts. Not against I think the it's Giants. Like three off-target throws or something like that. What do you make he, of the fact that they, they were terrible against the Giants? And he was six fantasy points, you know, and he four, three interceptions in that game. I think you've got to count on him. In the game he hurt his ankle, too? No. Might have been. I don't think so. I, I, I think you got to count on him to rush for a touchdown. That's where it starts. Because I, I don't see him throwing three touchdowns. But I could see him throwing two and then you hope that he gives you 50, 60 yards on the ground or a rushing touchdown. One That's the game other. he hurt his ankle. He played through an ankle injury in that game. Okay. So if he came back, well, and he's healthy now, and I was worried about the ankle last week too. Clearly the Eagles coaching staff didn't care about that to let him go and pound in a couple of short yardage scores. I think he's got that generous upside that you're looking for from a running quarterback, and that's why he's a must. Uh, Jeff Kerr, one of our guys, uh, NFL writers at CBS, he does a great job on Twitter if you'd like some interesting stats. Uh, he just tweeted this 10 minutes ago, um, that Jalen Hurts has a higher passer rating in the red zone, which is 100.5. I know you love these kind of stats, Adam. Higher passer rating in the red zone than Josh Allen, Matthew Stafford, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes. And that's not including his nine rushing touchdowns in the red zone. Wow. All right, so just to wrap this game up, Hurts is a must-start. Miles Sanders, if he plays, is a must-start, right? Agreed, yes. And if Howard is in place of Miles Sanders, he's a borderline must-start. Yeah, dude, we're talking about a guy who's 25% rostered. Please go pick up Jordan that's Howard. Cool. And they... 
I didn't get a chance to look, but I do feel like they have given two running backs 10 or more carries in seven straight games. So uh, just that might mean there's some flex appeal uh, to Howard or even Scott if, if Miles Sanders is out. Would you start a wide receiver for the Eagles in, or for any team in this game? No. Nope. Okay. I'd take McCole Hardman over anybody. And <clears throat> start Dallas Goddard. And thank you very much for listening. Merry Christmas, everybody. We will have a mailbag for you that airs on Saturday or Friday on YouTube.com slash Fantasy Football Today. Uh, happy holidays. Let's get a win. See you later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.